I don't remember my last victory Monday or Tuesday. There's not a victory Monday here. <laughs> the Philadelphia <laughs> Eagles are dead. Dead. Baker Dude, Mayfield and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers bro. route the Eagles. Oh, <laughs> a man. one in six finish to the season. <laughs> a first round exit. <laughs> it is a victory Monday for all New York fans, all New York sports fans out there as the Philadelphia Eagles get knocked off. Welcome into our reaction show from Super Wildcard Weekend. Here at the All Day Everyday Show with All Day AJ and Manny Ruffin. If you're watching this on YouTube, make sure to drop a like, comment, and do not forget to hit that subscribe button. Our audio platform listeners, those loyal people out there, Apple Podcasts and Spotify, scroll to the bottom, give us those ratings, mean a lot to us. It is another Monday, Super Wild Card Weekend has come to a close. We got another big weekend next week, and our Monday guy, Kill Kenny, is here back from the Chicago tour at the uh, at the Bulls game. What's up, baby, in the Mooney Gang shirt? Ugh. Just bury me. Just, just, just bury uh, me in the grave. Likewise. <laughs> likewise, brother. I mean, like, like just first uh, uh, initial thoughts, just from a, a fan perspective, obviously going into this game. Last week, I said I still don't see the Bucks winning this game. At all, a lot of Eagles fans calling for Nick Sirianni's head last week, and I still didn't see it. And then you were on the same wavelength, but most Eagles fans... We're on that, you know, let's just pump the brakes a little bit. The Bucks have a better shot to win this game. What what did you think? I mean, I, I, I'm just kind of shocked at the performance that was on that field last night and just the missed tackling, the incompetence from the defense. Uh, I'm not shocked even in the slightest. Um, every, like every single problem that this team has had really throughout the course of the season, but that's especially been emphasized over the last like six, seven weeks, all was on like overdrive last night. I mean, every, every single criticism that you could have levied on this team was 10 times worse last night. I mean, it's just, it was, it was the worst possible game imaginable. And I think if there's, if there's any silver lining to this, I think it was just bad enough where it it forces Howie's hand to clean house. And I think that's, that's what you're going to see here. It just, it's really hard to, it's hard to wrap my brain around this, man. I mean, to, to see a team collapse like this, like I've I've never seen it really in my lifetime as a fan. A, a team that again was was sitting at ten and one, coming through the the gauntlet of a schedule. Now again, they didn't. I think most Eagles fans were agree. Like they they got lucky in some of those early games. Like they were not a ten and one team by any stretch. But at the end of the day, man, winning solves everything. You're, you're ten and one. You're through the thick part of your schedule. And if you're looking ahead, again, you're looking at ending the year with giants twice and Cardinals. Like you had to feel pretty good about where we were sitting. There were plenty of times to write the ship and at least try to build some semblance of, of a rhythm on both sides of the ball. And, and it just never happened. And I think again, last night was just sort of the perfect like encapsulation of the entire Eagle season on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, again, coverage was a joke. Tackling was a joke. And we just gave up, you know, 32 points to the bucks who barely scored nine the week before against the Carolina Panthers. So like the defense, like, it just the, the tackling was atrocious. And I think what's unfortunate is that they, they, they showed up at times, like they, they, they got enough stops in the middle of the game to sort of keep the game within reach, give the offense a chance to, to fight back. And this offense just has, just has no bite to it. Um, I think like, no matter what, I think Brian Johnson's gone and Sean Desai's gone. Matt Patricia's gone. I think Sirianni has to go as well. I, I for, for, for a couple of reasons here. One of the quotes that came out yesterday, and look, you knew the Eagles were doomed when you woke up yesterday because by like 10 a.m., every single Philly media, uh, like every single Philly media outlet had already put out their hit pieces and like the game hadn't <laughs> even started yet. So like, it's like they saw the writing on the wall too. But one, one of the, the quotes that came out yesterday was that there were times where the offense didn't know who was calling plays, if it was Sirianni or Brian Johnson. Like Brian Johnson is, is the O coordinator and he's the primary play caller, but Sirianni has admitted to sort of overruling him at, 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 at a few specific times throughout this year. And I'm hoping we learn more just as, as, as the weeks go on here of really what happened within this locker room. But like the entire offense is clearly frustrated with, with the overall offensive game plan. And, I just don't know if the finger gets pointed more at Brian Johnson or, or Nick Sirianni, because really who's, who's in charge here, but my God, what a just an absolute d- disaster class. And I think what, what makes it really unfortunate is like, there's no real like proper way to evaluate, evaluate Jalen hurts. Like, I think, you know, the eye test says 
you know, the regression is real. I mean, he just, he, he's looked atrocious for, for, you know, the, the better half of this year. And, you know, maybe you find out that, you know, the, the knee was worse than he's been letting on. Maybe, you know, if he gets some sort of like microscopic surgery in, in, in a week or two, that, that'll be somewhat telling, but he looked awful. This, the decision-making is bad. But then when you see some of the breakdowns of these plays and what his op- what his options are out there, it's like, what what is he supposed to do with that? So just like from top to bottom, from scheme to the game plan to the overall execution, it just went as bad as humanly possible. And I think most importantly here, like this team has lost the the faith of the fan base. And I don't I don't think you can regain that by bringing Sirianni back. I and like. I, I like Sirianni and it's it's crazy that you could lose your you could lose your job as an NFL head coach like one year removed from from being that close to winning a Super Bowl. But it's just when 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 you put it all together, the way that we collapsed at the end of the year and the performance that we 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 put out there last night, just emphasizing all of the issues that we have had over the last two months. I don't know how he survives this. I really don't. No, I agree because I mean, I, listen. Last week on this show, I was saying like I, I personally like see Nick still had the job. I'm watching this game and I'm like, I can't believe how wrong this guy was last week on the show. I, and it's just from a stint like Drew Locke really sent shockwaves down this franchise because after that week, it not just like we all know we have systemic problems and on both sides of the ball. It's an effort thing. You can't be that good playing this city. Have vets like BG, Fletch, Lane Johnson, Jason Kelsey all maybe playing the last five. We know one's confirmed. Most of the guys are probably going to come back, but we just don't know. And have that bad of effort. And it starts at the top for me. Like, I understand there's horrible continuity with our offensive schemes. We don't know who's calling plays. Everyone's confused. Our planning versus the blitz, I mean, Twitter went ham on it, but it was disgusting. I was sitting there in my group chat, really sending voice notes like, yo, we're going to get third and short. We're going to go empty and they just check it down every single time. I just don't know how much. I can point to the players. I'm looking to the top with Nick Sirianni. Like, there's at some point, I'm not, I'm going to compare him to an all time coach, and it's not really fair. But there was a point we we're talking on this show about Matt Canada and the whole Mike Tomlin thing. You told Matt Canada to get off the top booth, come down the, come down the field, and things got a little better. You can see things improve. That's all I'm going to say. I'm not saying Nick Sirianni had to be Mike Tomlin, but there, I didn't, the, the Sean decide Matt Patricia kind of seemed like a, a scapegoat Trojan horse kind of thing. Like that really wasn't the problem. I think throughout the year, the offense was more of a problem than the defense. And we never really saw a real adjustment on that side of the ball. And I, I really, I'm not really mad at Jalen Hurts personally. The one thing I was mad at him for was the safety that was boneheaded. But when you, when you, when you get your run game taken away and you ask your quarterback to be an absolute superstar, don't have many sight adjust for him. There's nothing, there's no really good quick game for him. He's going to try to be Superman. That's exactly what he tried to do on that play. And I still think throws wise, he still looked good. Balls are getting fit in the nice spots to Devontae Smith. They're on time. I think schematically, it was just disgusting. It was a, a, probably the worst planned playoff game I've seen from the Philadelphia Eagles in my short life. But there's no way we let Baker Mayfield, the Tampa Bay Bucks, walk us. Not even Mike Evans, not even, not even Chris Godwin, even though he's Scored. It was the middle of the field again with Kate out and something that's been a problem for literally 18 straight weeks and it's not addressed. Nicholas Morrow and, and Zach Cunningham are literally still running into my safeties and man coverage for 18 straight weeks. There's just been so many things for this team that have gone unaddressed and I'm continually to point at the top to Nick Sirianni and I'm not saying I'm not going to be the one to say he needs to get fired. I'm just like you, Kenny. I'm just shocked. I'll be shocked week one next year if he's my coach. I'm not going to say I'll be mad. I'll just be shocked. Well, I mean, Kenny, I think you you hit most of my points on the nail with with the recap. And all I would say is that this complete and utter collapse from the Philadelphia Eagles needs to be studied. (laughs) And I'll tell you what, boy, oh boy, what Jeffrey Lurie has right now is an absolute disaster. Because you found a way to have the highest of highs and then the lowest of absolute lows in one singular season. And let's recap it. You 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 come off last year's Super Bowl loss to the Chiefs, and you're coming into this year. Let's run it back. Let's make a deep run. I understand we lost our coordinators, but we got the same personnel. Let's put our heads this together team was and one go or back. Two plays away. A scramble and a holding call. And a holding call. And let's find a way to go back. Put our heads together. Let's go back. You start off the year 10 and 1. I know you lost to the one that one ugly game against the Jets, but you go 10 and 1. And then you hit the gauntlet. And you beat the Bills. And you beat the Chiefs in the rematch. And you beat the Dolphins. And then you beat the Cowboys. And then you get the 49ers who come back to your own building that you beat in the NFC Championship last year. And you get routed. And then you go to Jerry's World. And you get routed. And you lose to the Cardinals in an ugly one. You lose to the Giants in an ugly one. Don't forget Drew Locke. Don't forget Drew Locke. (laughs) Don't forget Drew Locke. And then you get Tampa Bay. And you finish the year losing to Tampa Bay and Baker Mayfield. 
and going 1-6 and six and get bounced in the first round. You not only lost home field, you lost the division to your rivals, and you missed out on a singular home playoff game that these fans desperately had, thought they had, and lost. And now, you lose Jason Kelsey retiring, and that's his exit. And, I, I mean, if you don't study it, that's fine. All I would like to know, what the fuck happened in that locker room? Because that story alone will tell us everything. Yeah, I think also, I think people were blowing that Dallas Goddard and Jalen Hurst thing out of proportion. I don't think that's that big of a deal, for real, for real. I kind of... I'll say this, man. The, the, the next target that Goddard got was a hospital ball that Goddard almost blew his knee out. Like, right no, nah, no, nah, yeah, yeah. That that was disgusting too. We gotta, we gotta first. Can we stop doing that, please, man? I understand the whole CTE thing and concussions is a huge deal. I went through a ton of concussions myself. There's thigh pads right here, homie. Like, you can flip someone on a thigh pad. I played DB. I did a lot myself. Like, the midsection don't hurt that bad. You don't got to go for somebody knee, Dude, players man. have said it. Players have, like, they've literally said, like, dude, hit me in the head before you hit me in the knee. Like, it's just, it's not. It sounds disgusting, <laughs> but it's truth. There was just a couple, just a couple of particular plays last night. Like uh, the, the safety for sure. I mean, that's like the, the, the bad football. You can't, you can't take a safety there. Throw that's the ball. That's just throw the ball. But dude, when 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 you see the when you see the camera angle from the back of the end zone, like there's, it's four guys running verts. There's nobody. There's nobody in the middle mm -hmm. of the field. And what's what's crazy is, I I went back. I watched like most of the highlights this morning. We ran one slant the entire night. One one quick over the middle blitz beater. And Devonta Smith took it for 30 yards and almost housed it. He got, you know, they, they, they shoe strung tackled him. He almost housed that play. That is the only slant we ran the entire game. Like, Hey, let's maybe, let's maybe try that a little more. And even just like the, 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 after the first two drives, you, you knew exactly what you were getting here, right? It's like, it's like this team intentionally gets to third and short just for the ability to, 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 to run four verts, like opening drive third and third and two, it was four verts. It was that play where Goddard and Devonta Smith were essentially like, in, you know, right next to each other. And then the exact same thing happened on the following drive. And look, it's not going to be pretty. I don't think we should be like tush pushing down the the entire field. But like, hey, other than the two point conversion last night, I mean, it's it's worked like ninety nine percent of the times. You got third and two on the opening drive, dude. Run it twice. Like, run it twice. If you run it twice and you don't get it, like, no one is going to bat an eye. And Again, it gives your gives your chance to keep the offense in the field, get a first down, get a little bit of momentum going here. But like, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And it's like the one thing that we were able to do this year, we couldn't even do we couldn't even do that last night. So it's just it's mind numbing, man. There's like there's there's zero to be excited about really with 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 this team. Jason Kelsey going out the way he did is depressing. I'm hoping maybe he pulls like a Brady in a couple of months and goes, you know what? You know he's getting a little one bored during the time. one more time, run it back one last time. But I, I don't, I don't think it happens if uh, if, Sir, if Sirianni comes back. And I'll and I'll say this: we can we can close out of the Eagles, so I don't cry on this podcast. But I like, if if the available head coaches right now like weren't so stacked, I think Sirianni yeah. could potentially escape this. But like, this is the best class of co potential new coaches that like that we, we've ever seen yeah. and i i just think that's going to add the last bit of fuel needed to i do i think pull the trigger here so like i think in a perfect world like i would love to i would love to bring in vrabel to be honest i i i think i'd love tomlin too like i want give me give me a give me just a a, a, a tough a tough ass head coach and please love of god give me an offensive coordinator with a brain but bro you started talking about it because this is actually what pissed me off i can't believe i actually forgot about this the first two plays of the game, the Red Sea was parting for DeAndre Swift. Todd Bowles made literally one adjustment. He said, okay, when DeAndre Swift's in the backfield with Jalen Hurts, we're going to load the box and send a zero blitz. All we had to do was just look. I mean, we have none of this year. Just look back to the remnants of Shane Steichen. Okay, you want to go man across the board, zero blitz? We'll just RPO you to death until you get out of it and send someone across the middle. It's such an easy. Literally from the first place of the game, we could have won the game if my OC had a brain. Oh, my God. Red Sea parted. Now they're going to zero blitz. We literally have RPO to Smitty all day, and they just don't see it. it was, that was actually the most disgusting thing, especially with no AJ. My QB's finger just was doing the jerk last week, and we just... Like, get to third and short to go to empty? Like, it, it makes zero the, sense to me. Last night, actually, the more I think about this, was there a single designed QB keeper? No. I don't, think there, was, I don't think there was one. The, one. the play that we have fallen in love with, and we run it all the wrong times, we, we don't run it a single time last night as the middle of the field is wide open. And again, yeah. like, you know, I thought our, you know, our O-line did 
okay. They Honestly. they definitely they weren't they weren't perfect last night, but I think I'll, I'll, every time that that Jalen got in trouble, it was it was an immediate scramble to left to right. Like there was multiple plays last night where he could have just tucked it and went straight up the gut for mm. like thirty yards, and he just wasn't doing it. So again, I, like Jalen Hurts is not blameless here by any stretch, but again, I just I think it's impossible to like give him a fair evaluation when like he's he's working with what he has out there, and what he has is like a six year old calling plays in Madden. Like it's just. The, the end of the day, it's just not going to work. So uh, it was as ugly as it possibly could have been. And uh, this team is going to look a whole lot different next year. With just a, a one and six down the year is, is incredible. Before the bye, I mean, it was like this team's on top of the world. And after the bye, the, the collapse is, is unreal. I, I, I'm still just blown away at how a team with this caliber, with this roster, can can find a way to do that against teams that weren't necessarily teams that should be in games against them down the, down the, like the latter half of these games talking about the Seahawks talking about the Cardinals talking about the Giants it's just it's shocking and it, like I don't really know hurt, any other I'm way hurt. to put that and I think a lot of Eagles fans are going to be in agreement Yo, with, with the Eagles of Sirianni Philly 2023 going. was crazy bro the Sixers did us crazy game six game seven Phillies did us crazy these motherfuckers. And that's why I, I just turn love page, Philly. Man. I love Philly fans because everyone's just going to be like, let's go hop on the Philadelphia Flyers bandwagon so we when they were projected fifth to last this year we and tell. nobody gave a flying fuck about them. And now that all these teams collapse on them, they're saying, let's go to the next one. I just, I love Philly fans, man. I love it. Let's move on to we our, uh, our as we're on our Monday okay. games from yesterday. Uh, let, let's let's keep it here with the Bills. Not too much on this game. 31-17, Bills get the advance and uh, we knew that was coming. Big stuff that we have to talk about here, the 52-yard touchdown run from Josh Allen with the fake slide, talking about our boy Kenny Pickett against his team, does the fake slide right back to him. What did we think about that, fellas? Kenny, I'll start with you. What what did you think about that? So, I I, got to see it a few more times. Like, I don't don't think Josh Allen was faking a slide. I think the Steelers thought he was going to slide. Like, I think think the Steelers thought he was going to slide. And again, because... Again, there was a there was a play later in the game where he did slide and then he got rocked and and they threw a flag. I again maybe I'll I'll, I'll give it a fair look here. I don't think that's what he was trying to do, but again, that's that's what happened here. The Steelers definitely thought he was going to slide. They took their foot off the brakes for a second here. Like I think there's a there's a huge difference between that Josh Allen run and like the Kenny the Kenny Pickett yeah, no. fake slide was, was, was all, deliberate was filthy. <laughs> it was awesome. It was it, it, it was. Um but that was that was nasty, man. Like they they got to do something about that and I wonder if they eventually like just some modification of the rule like, you know, if you're like X yards past the line of scrimmage, you lose you lose your protection rights as a quarterback as a runner or something like cuz again, like that that can't happen. The guy's hard enough to tackle as it is. I mean, he is just a beast of a human being running at you full speed. Like, you have to hit him with everything you have if you want to get him down. And I understand defensive players being hesitant there to not take a 15-yard penalty. But they got to do something about that. And I think it's as simple as maybe limiting QB running protections, you know, at a certain point past the line of scrimmage. Because, again, I don't know how deliberate it was, but at least it's clear the Steelers thought he was going to slide. And that's that's why that play unfolded the way that it did yeah like he kind of hit like a like he was looking like he was trying to sit down a little bit and then like ran him over and I, listen it at the time like people talk about the bad product of football football's getting soft well let's talk about dbs not knowing what to fucking do linebackers not know what to fucking do like these guys on defense have to fly around that's the whole thing josh allen 6'5 240 looks like cam but he white like you gotta get into him bro <laughs> like i can't be stutter stepping half guessing i'm gonna get ran the fuck over just like buddy did and he didn't get hurt but you can get hurt that way you can fucking head up and get concussed you can get you can actually get seriously injured that way like it's a genuine problem and these guys know they can get away with it josh knows he can get away with it i think he fakes slide. he might not have but then miles jack gets that bullshit penalty we'll watch pat mahomes probably next week tippy toe on the sideline for 10 extra steps so you know yo you can't kill me because i'm pat mahomes like it's disgusting bro we make a guy stop flying around and i listen i hate calling for it but so we might just have someone might have to just lay a couple in the guys man like i don't know miles jack might have just i, I don't want to send josh Allen out for the season because that's drawling but like like it's like look how can i stop like you fucking my job up now you fucking my money up i'm gonna get fine and i'm gonna lose my job I'm going to be out 8 million. Like, damn, Roger, fuck I'm supposed to do? Like, something has to be done, man. And that's why that play, too, like, the the next run that he had, there was that penalty that was, that was taken and that, like, you know, you can say illegal, dirty hit, but then it's, like, 
for those DBs and, it, and those I mean, secondaries in that situation. It's the worst gray area. It's probably the worst gray area we've ever had in football, honestly, because it's really like I'm just sitting here in limbo. Like I'm I'm soft. If I like the guy that got ran over, the like, Pitt Steelers fans are probably like, he's soft. He's a bitch. Some of them probably are. And it's like, bro, I don't know what to do. Like, what the fuck? And we look at, at, at least for the, the game standpoint, you had a TJ Watt-less team that we talked about last week. Mason Rudolph coming here. We were robbed of the big snow game. But if you saw the pictures and the videos, I mean, the visibility was awful. I don't even know how they would have even been able to, like, conduct this game with visibility. It, it I mean, we would have seen... They were tripping on the travel, though, right? It was rush and rush and rush and rush. Yeah, and... and, and, and uh, you know, the other thing I was reading was was that the the Bill Stadium does not have you know, their fields not heated. Like for example, you know, Arrowhead has pipes nine inches under the ground, and they heated that field on Saturday night against the Dolphins to fifty degrees. Bills don't have that. They're going to have that in their new stadium, but not here. So they're basically being tackled onto just cement. So that was enough Robinson. as it was. Maybe the the snow on on the field would have been a little my bit more boy, cushion. Bro, but... my boy Allen Robinson, like damn, put him down on that turf. And now we see. Up. Orchard Park going to host another playoff game, and we finally get to see Patrick Mahomes in his first road playoff game, which we will be getting into a little bit later. Let's move over to the uh, the NFC least, I guess we're going to call it. Jordan Love and the Packers put up a Shit. damn near 50-piece on the Dallas Cowboys. Haven't lost at home. 16 straight home, winning, home, home games that we're winning. I mean, what an absolute disaster. We talked about disasters last night, but it was a little bit different for the Cowboys because they were on their highest of highs. They, we haven't really seen the lowest of lows for them. We've only known the lowest of lows in the playoffs, and we get bounced in the playoffs. This was an absolute masterclass from Jordan Love and the Packers. And Kenny, you said it last week, the only chance that the Packers have in this game is to start early and start fast and make those Cowboys fans get those butts, those butts clenching and get scared. And God damn it, they did. Cowboys, the, like an awfully slow start. And the and the, the Packers just started unbelievably fast. What an unreal performance from Jordan Love. And, uh, you know, like you said last week, he is the future of this team. Aaron Jones with three and Jake Ferguson with three. We saw that $5 ticket for $7,500. What? Who the boy. fuck's picking that? Put that had... man in jail. I want that man in jail. <laughs> I mean, who's waking up and just saying, you know what? Aaron Jones for three and Jake fucking Ferguson for three. I had him for one, but I mean, come on. Uh, but the, the Cowboys, Jerry Jones, this is just hilarious to watch another Cowboys defeat. I just felt like it was a little bit different this year. And I know that Cowboys fans say it all the time, every single year. This is our year, man. This is our year. Cowboys are winning it all. I wasn't necessarily saying that, but it was more of this feels different as a better chance to actually do it because you had more hype around the team. The team was actually playing better. They were they were fighting hard against teams that were good down the stretch, beating up on the Eagles. Yes, we got killed by the Niners earlier on in the season, but they looked a lot better. CD leading all receivers with 14 touchdowns. This team had a real shot to make a run, and it was like almost built where the Cowboys could go see the Niners in the NFC Championship out in San Francisco, and they get to get that rematch again. But no, Jordan Love shuts the door. Mike McCarthy, I mean, we're talking about Nick Sirianni. I mean, that same blame is going to go on Mike McCarthy. And Dak Prescott saying in the press conference, well, if you're going to put Mike McCarthy on the block, then you got to start talking about me like that. With that, we are Dak. We are talking about you. <laughs> <laughs> like we get the we get the pick six, Darnell Savage just taking it to the house, twenty-seven nothing at one point before halftime, and then we get the little cheeky Jake Ferguson touchdown as time expires. I this is just incredible that this Cowboys team finds a way to do this every single fucking year. What do you got for me, Kenny? The Packers are good. Uh, this Packers offense is, is fun to watch, man. Look, I think, look, we're, we're going to talk a lot about Jordan Love here, but it just shows, look, what an offense can do when you can effectively run the ball. And again, over the last two months, when as Aaron Jones has gotten healthy, just something different has clicked with this Green Bay offense. This is the last four games. 21 carries, 127 yards. 20 carries for 120. 22 for one, 111. And 21 for 118. He's averaging like six yards a carry over the over the last month. Like the, the Cowboys just had no answer for Aaron Jones throughout this game. And because of that, they, they it gave Jordan Love really any look he wanted when he was throwing the ball. Um, again, you got to give a lot of credit to Jordan Love here. And there's something to be said about, hey, maybe, maybe your rookie quarterback doesn't need to start week one. Uh, unless you're a freakazoid like CJ Shroud, like Shroud is the anomaly here, right? And we're gonna get we're gonna get the CJ Shroud in a second here. But like other than that, like 
it feels like every other quarterback that comes in as a rookie and it just gets just gets their just gets thrown to the fire. It's it, it's ugly. The Packers haven't had a quarterback issue in like 35 years. They have seamlessly gone from Favre to Rodgers and now to Jordan Love. Again, the future the future's bright in Green Bay. Um, and look, it's it's not just like it's not, it's not just you know, he's making nice throws. I mean, his composure out there is is next level. This this kid is is cool and collected as can be. And like he's reading defenses, he's making adjustments at the line. I mean that that uh the touchdown to Wicks, I forget who it was on Twitter. Did like a really good breakdown of this, but like that's all Jordan Love mm-hmm. change, change the line of scrimmage, put him in motion, and there you go, little 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 post seam, good game. This team is a lot of fun. They can score at will, uh, and I- I'm very curious to see where this line goes with this matchup against San Fran again. Like I'm not going to get ahead of myself here and think they're going to run it back against San Fran, but like dude, when you can run the ball like they can, they can score points. Now it's just do they have any stops in them to be able to, you know, get a few extra possessions away from San Fran? I'll say this, like as, as bad as Dallas looked, I mean, you have to give a lot of credit to this Green Bay defense that that their front seven was in the backfield of the entire game. Dak was on his ass the entire game. And, you know, for years, Jair Alexander has been, you know, regarded as like one of the best corners in football. And then he missed a lot of time this year. When he did play, he was like food for a few games. He was clearly playing injured. I mean, he locked up CD in the first half. I mean, he was playing some of the some of the best football that he's played and if you've got a fully healthy Jair Alexander like this Packers team is the best version of themselves right now they're clicking at the right time they've got all the confidence in the world I, I think they're, they're going into San Fran feeling pretty good about themselves and I, I think they're going to be able to make this a game no yeah I agree and I, I listen I've talked about the Green Bay Packers and Nazem every time they win a big game on this podcast but like damn it's just so good to see Jordan Love then his weapons get this shine like Romeo Dobbs having a big game. And then guys like Luke Musgrave, Wicks, Christian Watson, like they have weapons for having around Jordan Love for a long time. And Aaron Jones is just the end of that offense. One thing that was like apparent to me watching this game is one coach has a big dick and one coach has a small dick. LaFleur came out, guns blazing, not afraid to lose at all. Like trying to win the game. Mike McCarthy came out, Aiden Jerry's what everyone watching, trying not to lose. How much, like we talk about the strength of their offense. I Honestly, I thought Mike McCarthy did a good job this year with the whole Dak Prescott, CeeDee Lamb duo, just doing anything to get those two the ball, get those two moving. Just this dose of like, we're going down. Okay, Tony here, Tony here, Tony here. It was never like that to me, at least when I watched the Cowboys. Like I feel like they had a whole change of identity going to the playoffs. And like, if you want to talk about a team that's going to choke and just be a show of himself, that's just what they're going to do every single time. Like, I don't understand. Like, what made a sense? Like what worked for Dallas all year was, dude, they they th- they threw the ball and they played ma- and they play aggressive man defense. They came out and they ran the ball a bunch and they played zone the entire first half and Love gave them twenty seven points. Like, what the fuck are we talking about? It's like, so disgusting. And the people and people on Cowboys Twitter are gonna be like, "Yo, Dak had his only came back, but he lost by two scores, bro. Y'all didn't try to start throwing the ball till you were down fifty. Like, that was the most disgusting display of coaching in the playoffs I've ever seen at home. Like, literally, just hey, everybody, thanks for showing up. I'm just gonna try to uh, ball control this with our complete weakness of our offense while CeeDee Lamb and our Ferraris just sitting out there like waving to me. Like I don't understand the plan there, Mike McCarthy. I was gonna advocate for you to keep your job, but another guy like Nick Sirianni, your playoff game just makes it look even worse. I think he got the most out of Dak and CD, and I don't know. I mean, I think other coaches can, but I think that's something to be looked at because he definitely did a good job with those guys. But this playoff performance and their previous playoff performances from Mike. Brother, you might be just with Nick, man. And, and there was one one other stat real quick. I'll turn it over to you, Alex. Um. I think it was at least in the first half. I think they had it was something like they had like seven second downs. They ran the ball every second down for an average of like 0.5 yards. Like every single second down, it was it was an inside carry. I thought I was just, tripping, just going man. just going nowhere. Like they, they every single second down, they ran the ball. It went nowhere, and they just, they just kept doing it. And then they were they were staring at third and eight every single drive. They just couldn't get it done. Well, let's put some more respect. Even though, like, there's enough to already be had around these guys, but let's put some more respect on Matt Lafleur and Jordan Love because this receiving core is 22 and 23 years old. You talk about guys that step up in the biggest moments of their careers and their season as a team against this Dallas team in Jerry's world is just flat out incredible. And I know that Stefanski has this locked up, but it just has to be given a slight thought. That Matt LaFleur, with this roster coming into this year, had no business getting into the playoffs. You gotta give it a slight thought for Coach of the Year. Am I wrong for saying that? No, I I, I couldn't agree more, man. I think I think this this award should have gone to LaFleur. Um, I think like Joe Flacco probably single-handedly won this award for Stefanski. And again, like what the Browns did is impressive. You, you lose Nick Chubb week two, you lose all of your quarterbacks, and and you still 
you know, had a, you know, a, a good run into the playoffs and you came in and you were favored it against, against the Texans. But again, I think that was more on just like the, the miracle resurgence of Flacco, I think just slightly more than Stefanski. And again, what LaFleur has done with the youngest team in football, zero pro bowlers. And then they come out and just beat the breaks off of Dallas in Jerry world in Jordan Love's first career playoff game. I mean, LaFleur had these boys fired up and ready to go. Uh, I mean, I sure wish we had a coach like that. First, uh, first seven seed to to win a playoff game. There, I know it's you know not anything crazy. Seven seed hasn't been around for a while, but uh, that's still some special put stuff. Put your trophies in your trophy case. You know yeah, what I mean? you don't throw it away. Hey, hey take your Celebrate take your yourself. wins. Take your wins. No matter how small, no matter how big, take your wins. Let's go to the uh, the the Rams and the Lions. The Rams tickets sadly fall to a close. Uh, what a great performance from both teams in this game. The big thing for the Rams in this loss, I, as a Giants fan, I can relate. We simply cannot score in the red zone. It's very, very simple. Matt Stafford has a master class, 367. Uh, nothing to show for in the red zone. Jared Goff stepping up in a big moment against his former team. I got to go touch on uh, the Stafford late hit. And it was not the first hit, but it was that second kind of like forearm to his helmet. His head flies back. His eyes are rolling, okay? Uh, yep. That's a fucking concussion. Where's the protocol? We know he was not... We know he was not stepping Where's out of the, the game. Where's the protocol, motherfucker? Where's, Where's the, the flag? Where's the fucking... I mean, we need to get checked on that, okay? We, we're... Like, the TV, national TV is zooming in on his eyes. They're rolling back and his said, we need to check on Matt Stafford there. It's a clear flag. And that was a, that was on a third and 14. I mean, there's your first down right there. Then you get the, the, the second one late in the game. The hold on Puka. I mean... The hold on Puka. That was just... That, that's that's another third guess, down. That is a that's first down conversion. I, 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 that's where you, you, you can, you can get your, your field goals there. You can stay within the game, keep it a one score game. And you, you know, you still talk about not scoring in the red zone. Those are two first downs, get putting yourselves into deep Detroit lion territory. Uh, this was, this was a spot for the Rams to get, but I, I could not be happier for the city of Detroit. We get our playoff win. We host another home game against the bucks and you look at it. I don't see. I know the Bucks played very well last night, but I don't know how they're they're going to survive with that defensive front. What do you think about uh about Matt Stafford and the Rams and uh you know th- this loss and obviously Kelly Stafford saying that Matt Stafford is going to return. But I was watching the game with Manny and he did say as soon as the loss happened, hey, if you're Matt Stafford, uh, are you coming back for more? I, yeah, he'll he'll be back for more. He just that, that offense looked too good the second half of the season for him to hang it up. I think after that. Uh, I want to know, and I saw something about this on Twitter, and he, he'll never admit it publicly. I don't know if there's a way to like eventually find this out, but I think he completely faked whatever whatever injury that he was like because the the play that he got hit, his eyes roll back, and then he and then I think he like wakes up and then he walks off the field and he's like holding his is like he's his arm his or his ribs. He's holding like his arm or like his midsection or whatever. And what I think happened was I think once he got to the sideline, I think they evaluated him there like i think he's like hey my ribs hurt they checked them they checked on his ribs and he's like oh your ribs are fine he's like yeah you know what i'm good to go and then they put him back in the game like i think he like i think he kind of like came out of it realized oh shit i just got rocked i probably had a concussion and then faked another injury to take the attention off the concussion that he just got so that he could go back out there like i i really believe yeah, that's what happened make there. many like stafford no that's more, so man. interesting they don't make him they don't make him like that man he's one of the toughest motherfuckers that's ever played this game i mean he he, he threw it he threw a game-winning touchdown pass against the browns uh early in his career with a separated shoulder i mean the dude is just he'll play through anything and i do i i think he like he kind of came to for a sec realized oh i just got rocked in the head i'm gonna get taken out of this game let me uh oh my my, my ribs my ribs and then his ribs were fine. And then they put him right back out there. Like I was stunned when he was out that there. That is for the a next, for the next crazy series. way of thinking about that. I did not even have a a, a, a mere thought Stafford, about that at all. That is an unreal uh, a look there. And maybe you know, as as it looks of it, maybe you are right because Buddy was rocked, yeah. dude. They never said anything about concussion. Like, they never said like no, you know, Stafford. Just, cle- they didn't say anything about concussion protocol or he cleared or anything. Like that. They just said he's coming back in. And I think. I think he made a big brain to this a little bit and faked another injury so that he could skirt concussion protocol and then go back in. And then all that to say, hey, if you have the presence of mind to do that, do you have a concussion? Maybe you're good to go out there and play anyway. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. And we, we look at uh, you know, the future of this team. I guess we we see what, what late round draft what late round draft picks can do. Puka Nakua, nine for one eighty one in a touchdown, breaking the DK rookie record in a playoff game. Cooper Cup, non existent. 
And I mean, uh, yeah, he wasn't healthy. I mean, I read that wrong. I thought this was going to be a Cooper Cup playoff game, and uh, that just dead wrong. I completely read that wrong. It was it was always Puka, and especially on those third downs, third and longs, they were they were only looking to Puka. We saw some early. Talk about Stafford. We saw some early Stafford magic. Uh, you know, that I think it was a second down or a third down. Gets that no-look sidearm, kind of like Patrick Mahomes. Who is this guy coming into Detroit do that? But I, I really, even though I was really rooting for the Lions just for the fan base to give Detroit something to be happy about in the playoffs, get a playoff win post, you know, division win for the first time since 93, I really thought that Stafford was going to come back and rain on this parade Back in his old, you know, back in his old city. Gosh. Guess I was wrong. I don't know. Hats off to the Lions, though. That was a gritty, like, that was a Detroit Lions win. Like, it came out hot. Jameer Gibbs making plays. In that second half, people really were, I mean, there was a couple seconds where it was real buck clenchy for Lions fans. They go three and out, kick it back, massive punt back to the Rams. Less to it, less to more defensive stops. They missed a lot. I think they missed, like, five, six holding calls in the Rams in that second half, to be honest. But honestly, look... I think I think the I think the Lions got away with one. I'm gonna be honest, because there were more, one thing people are not talking about a lot about that Rams game. We talk about the red zone struggles. Kyron Williams was getting hurt in that second half every single time they went on the red zone. Like in the first half, so the the first the one red zone possession I will say was really bad was the first one. It was disgusting. I think they, I think they threw the ball like three times. They even handed off to Kyron Williams once. But in the second half, I think he fucked his hand up. Yep. And there was like two three different times to go to the red zone, and they put in Ronnie Rivers and like throwing these like like swing passes to Ronnie Rivers on first down. Then we're behind the sticks, and then we got just like we only have one receiver now with Puka Nakua. They know that and we're behind the sticks in the red zone. I think the Kyron Williams injury just completely ruined the continuity of the red zone offense and kind of fucked that game for them because they took three a lot of situations where if one time they scored a touchdown, which I think they would if they could get just one Kyron Williams four yard run to get in second six and just shorten these sticks up. Whole different ballgame. Shout out to the Lions, though. Shout out to my Uncle Mikey for watching, though. Hey, you know what? Uh, hey, what what Dan Campbell say? Hey, Jared Goff, you're good enough for Detroit. Facts. Shout <laughs> you're out good Jared enough Goff. for Detroit, Facts, Jared though. Goff. Facts, though. Way to go, baby. Facts, though, because he made the plays. Him and Amara made the plays when they needed to. Shout out Jared, bro. All right, let's, let's head over to the uh, to the Texans and C.J. Stroud becoming the youngest quarterback to win a playoff game, a 45-14 route at home. Obviously, they're not going to get another pl- home playoff game the rest of the way, but Texans fans couldn't be happier with that performance. What a fun game to be at. What a fun game to watch for Texans fans and people that didn't bet on Cleveland. Well, I had Cleveland, so it wasn't that fun of a watch. Uh, what a just... What an unbelievable performance where I'm looking at Joe Flacco, January Joe, and we're 7-0 on road games, road playoff games. We're chasing a Tom Brady record, playoff wins, and uh, postseason road playoff wins. And I guess from watching the NBC pregame, seeing uh, I'm seeing Devin McCourty talk about it, and he says... Well, this is the the year of the backup quarterback, but as we've noticed throughout the league with backup quarterbacks, all those roads come to an end. Give me the Texans. And I'm like, it's January Joe. And I'm not, it wasn't anything against CJ Stroud, but with the Browns defense is more who I had in this game than, than Joe Flacco. And they were non-existent. And, but again, you just simply have to give it to these young QBs right now. And you have to give it to the Houston Texans. What a turnaround. You talk about where they were last year. You put C.J. Stroud. You said it earlier about putting C.J. Stroud. He's like the only kind of diamond in the rough in a situation to to lead a team from a complete disaster to now playoffs and then a playoff win. I, I, I don't see it any other way for C.J. Stroud. You get to go to Baltimore this week. You know, you kind of can assume what's going to happen. But like you said, you can't count anything out. I don't think you can. I don't think you can assume shit. <laughs> I just I'm big on the Ravens. We'll get into that, but C.J. Stroud, you really, you really have uh, ignited this fan base and and shown Houston that you guys got a, a competent football team right now. And D'Amico Ryan's way to get out there, stand in it, and fight hard and, and get a huge playoff win at home. Forty-five, fourteen. Who thought? And that? I think I think it was cool too. Like you know, if you just to slightly compare this to to the the Dallas Green Bay, Green Bay game, and the Green Bay went up and the game was over, right? I mean, Green Green Bay went out beat the shit out of them and the game was over like eight minutes into this game and i think you got to give a little credit to cj stroud here you know they, they take three on the first possession cleveland marches down the field and they they, they score a touchdown at seven three houston comes right back and scores it's 10 7 cleveland comes back and scores immediately it's 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 14 10 and it's like okay like you know stroud had to keep had to keep delivering and then it was okay 75 yard yard bomb the brevin jordan and yeah uh game, game's over here again you got to give credit to the houston offense man obviously it's, it all starts with stroud but 
mean, you look at how how banged up this this offense has been the entire year. I mean, Tank Dell was look at the the season Tank Dell was having before he got hurt. Nico Collins missed a bunch of games. Now they had Robert Woods and Noah Brown back for this game, although they both were complete non-factors. I think Brown only played like 11% of the snaps. And then what happens then? Oh, how about John Mechie stepping up and having the best game of his rookie season, like out of nowhere? I think he had three catches. He had a couple of handoffs as well. I mean, they just they they're just squeezing every ounce of production that they they can get out of everybody in this offense, and it all starts with the guy under center. So hats off to CJ Stroud. Hats off to the Houston Texans. Uh, again, I think you know. They came in as dogs. I don't think anybody th- thought that they were going to get rocked in this game, but I don't think anybody saw a 45 to 14 route. And I do think the, the the Flacco regression was coming. I mean, the guy has been just airing it out for the last last six weeks. I mean, the guy throws risky balls, and they come into the second, they come into the second half trailing. He has to be a little more aggressive, and that that leads to two immediate pick sixes. Uh, GGs. <laughs> yeah, the Flacco regression did hit. <laughs> But I, one thing that did hurt him a lot, Amari Cooper's injury did hurt a lot. I wonder how this game plays out differently if Mark Cooper was healthy. One thing I want to say, though, like, shout out to D'Amico Ryans, man, because I'm complaining about my team going third and short, staying in empty, staying in shotgun. One of the few coaches in this league still that's putting his rookie quarterback under center and getting stubborn with Devin Singletary. They'll go first and 10, Devin Singletary, here you go. Second and long, Devin Singletary, here you go. Set up those play actions. The one play of Nico Collins where he made the crazy adjustment, like that, I'm pretty sure that was play action. They just stay stubborn to who they are, even if it's a bad matchup for them. And CJ Stroud just has that it factor, bro. I feel like he talked about it Um I'm pretty sure it was on the Pat McAfee show or another podcast where he was saying in college before that Georgia game, he kind of just let go. Like he was just holding on so much tight to shit and the opinions. And he just kind of before that Georgia game, let go. And when you had that quality, that young to be able to play in these bigger games, your first, your first playoff game at home, so that was the loudest stadium you ever played in. In the NFL, you dream of this and just be able to let go and just ball out with your boys. You're all young. You guys are all so close. Him, Nico Collins are close. John Mechie, Robert Woods, him and Larry Mutunsel are dumb tight. Like that team has a different kind of bond and they're able to let go and play with no pressure. And when we talk about that next matchup, I, I want to see how many points they're hanging because <laughs> them motherfuckers don't care who they play, bro. Like talk about nameless, nameless, whatever, faceless people. Like that's what they own. I like it a lot. And real briefly, uh, as as before we get into the, the recap of... Uh, or the projections for next week. Um, Chiefs getting a, a big one here, 26-7. We knew they were not, like, we knew they were going to win this game. Manny talked about it last week. Soft-ass Miami team. You get into this super cold game. It was it was non-existent for the Dolphins for the majority of this game. But you know what? I guess I got to give my credit where credit is due. Fucking Peacock, okay? We all bitched. Every NFL fan hated it. We all bitched at you, but apparently, because everybody loves football, it had nothing to do with you, Peacock, because everybody loves football, we gave you 23 million viewers, most streamed event in, in, like, whatever. Peacock. Whatever. That is unbelievable. But you know what? If you guys want to just steal a game like that, then then you're sure as hell better not do this shit again, because that's a game that needed to be on national TV, not on some goddamn streaming software. Uh, I'm back to being scared of the Chiefs. I'm not saying like, and I, I don't mean that in a in like this weird way where oh I've never been scared of the Chiefs. It's just they never had weapons, so I wasn't scared of them. But then you just it's like a switch for number fifteen in Patrick Mahomes. Whenever it's the playoffs, it's just a switch. I'm now back to being scared of him. Him and it, I thought it was going to be a vintage fifteen and eighty seven game. I really did. I know that that Kelsey didn't get in the end zone, but I mean he got targeted four million times. We know that that's going to be the connection. The rest of this way, and especially when they go up to Orchard Park and play the Bills in Patrick Mahomes' first road playoff game. But you know what? Hey, Dolphins, see you later. I mean, is this, I guess, from the projections, what we said all year about this team with the highlights of, of their big offense and how, how they can score the rock? I mean, when you look at it, we, we, we knew what this team was. They, they weren't, they were special because of the offense. But when you take them out of Miami, they are not that great, and they also didn't win football games against really good teams with winning records. When they played, when they played good teams, they got kicked. They got kicked. It's as simple as it was. Uh, Chiefs win this one big, and uh, I'm back to being scared of Patrick Mahomes. What do you got, Kenny? I mean, the the, the scoreboard, the score of this game doesn't really do it justice here. Like twenty six to seven. I mean, this this was a absolute fucking ass pumping <laughs> the only reason that the dolphins even even scored was because tyree kill literally fluked them into a touchdown because he's tyree kill and he can do things that nobody else in the face of the earth can do like he single-handedly scored them seven points short of him this team was this team was going to get shut out and my god 
I really tried to not put too much, too much stake into this whole, like the, the weather narrative can Tua play in cold weather and this and this, like uh, it's as real as it gets. They couldn't, they couldn't move the ball. They looked, they looked absolutely atrocious. Again, Chiefs defense is legit. I mean, this defensive unit this year is probably light years better than their defense from last year, which, which is, which is scary, but the Dolphins just had, just had no answer. And it was just, it was, you know, similar to like the Green Bay where like Kansas City marched down, they scored first, put the pressure on and like, that was that was it. Miami had no answer. I still don't know, like, if I believe in this Chiefs team against a, a good team like Buffalo that's capable of putting up 35. Again, right now it's Buffalo minus two and a half. We, we can get to that game in a bit. But I, I think this game is much more about the Chiefs defense and, and Miami's just overall utter incompetence. I mean, like, hey, like we, we we are who they thought they were, et cetera, et cetera. No, 100%. But I, I, I think uh, Miami's going to look back of – like their end stretch of the season, how they let the Bills get back in this AFC race and how they had to hold on. That race got really expensive injury-wise for both teams. Miami's coming to this game without their four best pass rushers. I'm pretty sure the four leading sack uh, guys. Their starting safety, Javon Holland, he's a stud. Like that AFC race for them, letting the Bills hang on, got super expensive for them. And they lost their engine in the heart of their defense. You come to games like this and get slammed, pushed around. Shout out to my guy, Rasheed Rice. He's been a hell of a player all year. Speedster, good yak guys. Finally, I mean, he hasn't had a game like this all year, but finally getting his spotlight. And I think we're going to talk about the game, the Bills game, when we get to it, more. But I think this is going to be the most interesting Josh Allen, Pat Mahomes matchup because we've been talking about it pretty much for both of them when they're both their teams were successful. Not as much about Josh because Josh was doing a lot of shit by himself on some crazy shit. We want to see Pat have a team where he kind of had to do it himself. And I think this is a matchup between the two of them where it's really going to be like the two quarterbacks driven making the plays. And I think it's going to be one of the funner ones to watch. So shout out to the, shout out to the Chiefs. Get that done. Well, let's let's move let's move over to our our divisional round. The final eight teams in the NFL remaining heading into the divisional round. We'll kick things off Saturday at four thirty. The Houston Texans visiting the team that had the bye out of the AFC, the Big Bad Baltimore Ravens, and sitting at nine and a half point favorites and minus four hundred on the money line. Still got to take a look at what the weather's going to be like in Baltimore. Uh, but C.J. Stroud. First road playoff game. Going to see how you talk about how loud that stadium was in Houston last week. See how loud Baltimore can get for you. And this big bad team that knows how to score points against very, very good teams. We'll see if the defense can keep up, keep up with Lamar Jackson. What do you have here? Nine and a half. I know you've been saying so far throughout this show today that you can't count anything out. I I know that they, they sat out last week. You're talking about the Ravens. I, I don't see it. I don't see it. And, and, and that's no disrespect to anybody on Houston. I'm checking. I just want to see if there's a, any any updated forecast for what we're seeing for this game. So right now, again, it's early. It's only Tuesday, so a lot can change between now and then. But right now, they're saying for Houston at Baltimore, cold and breezy, temp in the upper 20s with 15 mile an hour sustained wind, gust to around 30. So it's not going to impact play too much, but it's cer- it's certainly not ideal. And if that gets worse, I mean, edge edge to Baltimore for sure. I mean, if this turns into more of a ground game, uh, I, I don't think Houston has a chance. I mean, their only way to stay in this game is to air it out like like they've been doing. Um, I'm just I'm very curious to see like how fresh Baltimore looks like in the first quarter of this game, right? They're coming off the bye and they didn't play like you know all their starters didn't play in week 18 too. Like Lamar is going to be pushing three weeks since he's played contact football, and you wonder if there's going to be just a little bit of rust there. I I think nine's I think nine's too much. Like I think looking at the board here, like I, I think I, I I if I'm if I'm picking a side, I'm taking the Texans with the points, and I'm probably in the other game. I think I'm going to take the Packers with the points. I just think they've both done enough offensively to prove that they can like they can hang it they can hang in games and they're they're, they're tough teams to blow out um so I, I, i'm excited for this game and i'll, I'll, t- I'll tell you what it, it, it the like cj stroud has already done more than enough to to impress me for 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 years and years and years my god they came out and they win this game like i i i don't i don't even i don't even know what this what what, what to say here so i like the texans with the points again another game that i'm very curious to see where this line goes and i just think it's you know, it's there's a balance between the team that's coming in, you know, fully healthy and well rested versus the team that's rolling, coming in with all the confidence in the world after just hanging a 45 piece against one of the best defenses in the NFL. And they're playing with house money. I mean, it's similar to Green Bay and Dallas. There was zero pressure on Green Bay in that game. Like if they they lose, well, they were supposed they were supposed to lose. And if they win, it's all upside and it's all celebrations here. And I think if you're the Texans, you're you're in the exact same boat. So um, I think of all the games, I'm most excited for this game. I just can't get enough of watching CJ Stroud throw the football. I mean, it just, my God, what a beautiful ball that guy throws. It's just, just the, the, the touch is there. So 
I, I like the te- I like the Texans with the points, and I don't know, dude. If if I if I end up drinking myself into oblivion this week to you know try to mask my Eagles depression, I I may get myself on the Texans money line. I think I'm a I'm a believer in <laughs> at plus three fifteen, lot of juice there, sir. <laughs> no, I was, it's funny enough because I was like I'm waiting for the birds to lose so I can hop on the Ravens uh, bandwagon because I just love Lamar, and I see this matchup and it's like. Oh, I might have to pump the brakes on that. What's up, Texas? I'm with you, Kenny. I'm probably going to take the Texans with the points. I'm real interested to see this game. David Njoku had a good game last game. Isaiah likely has been playing a huge role for the Ravens on the stretch. I was interested to see how the loss of Mike of Mark Andrews would cost the Ravens in the playoffs. I'm really interested to see how he goes off in this game, how he plays. I think the Texans are going to be cool on the edge. Um, I'm, I, I, <laughs> I think it's funny because everyone's waiting for Lamar to have that big playoff game. And, and interestingly enough, I don't know if this is this is going to be the one. Like, I don't know if this is a situation for, for him to have, like, that explosive game. I think it's going to be more so of him taking care of the ball, making plays, extending with his legs, getting out of pressure. I want to see how Will Anderson does. They try to move him around. They try to smile Lamar. It's going to be a real interesting matchup. Like, I, I think – I don't know why FanDuel – I guess I'm missing something, but I feel like this is way closer than it actually is. I, I'm feeling it should be more so of, like, a five or maybe a four and a half. I could be tweaking. I feel like this matchup is way closer than, than they think. I'm going to take the test with the points. I think CJ Stroud has a game. I just feel like it's it's the the, the weather factor definitely has to be uh, an advantage for Baltimore. Again, sure. Texans coming off a game with weather not being, in a, not being a factor at all, playing in the Dome, and now we're going to go to a cold atmosphere. We got to bundle up. Hey, hands are going to be cold. Where's CJ come from, though? That's true. Columbus. Plenty mm-hmm. of games out there. Like plenty that. of games out there. So it's, it's, and, and late in the season. But again, you're right. I think the, the, the biggest, Kenny, you're right on this one. I think the biggest point here is the, the rust that we could potentially see with Lamar Jackson and the, and the offense. Talking about fast starts, we got two teams out of the, the Texans and the Packers that put up over 40 plus, where they you, you start fast. The, the game is, is in the palm of your hands. And as we move to the Packers and the 49ers, our night game at 8-16. San Francisco hosting, again, the bye team. The, the team that sat out last week, the 49ers, hosting the Packers after a 48-point route against the Cowboys. Again, 9.5-point favorites, 370 on the money line for the Packers. Jordan Love's in a good spot. And again, another thing to mention here with what you're saying, Kenny, is a great point as well. It's all house money for the Packers moving forward. It's all house money for the Texans moving forward. If the Packers can start hot, Put a little bit of pressure on the 49ers. They might be able to hang in this one, especially with the run game. But I, I just feel like with their pass rush, Chase Young and Nick Bosa are going to find a way to to just close the pocket for Jordan Love and force him to get the ball out fast. And I, I don't see it. God, I want the Packers to win this game so bad. It would be it would it would, it would be so, so much it would be so much fun. Man. Look, it's like this is this is definitely. Uh, I mean, what they 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 closed as I think like they were they were getting seven, maybe seven and a half, some places against Dallas. So I guess the the, the nine and a half line against a much more superior Niners team makes sense. But again, throw in the potential rust factor again. It's it'll be three weeks since Brock Purdy has has had has had to play had to play real a real NFL offense here. Um, I just, dude, I, I just think it's going to be a matter of like, you know, which team gets more stops. And obviously, conventional wisdom points to San Fran. I mean, their 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 defense is far superior. But like, dude, they, they got the total of this at fifty and a half. I mean, I think they, they Vegas clearly thinks this game is going to be just a lot of offense on both sides. And it's just a matter of can the Packers again find a way to establish that run game early. I mean, if Aaron Jones is 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 just is just clicking early and they're able to extend extend drives, get into a little bit of rhythm, I think they're going to be able to hang here. Like I think this is one where, you know, similar to, you know, how we talked about the the Cowboys matchup. Like I think in the first quarter you're going to know if 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 the Packers have a shot in this game. If they if they they go three and out, you know, two of the first three drives, I mean it's 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 probably over. But if they can get Aaron Jones going, get that play action game working, take a little bit of pressure off of Jordan Love, I do think he's going to have to use his legs a lot more this game. He you didn't have to at all last week. And he's, he's got a little bit of mobile mobility in him. He doesn't, he doesn't rely on it a whole lot here. Um, but dude, like it's just, I I've seen too much unbelievable football from, from CJ Stroud and from, from Jordan love to, 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 to lay this many points on the opposing teams that, that haven't played ball in three weeks. So like, I'm, I'm not going out on a limb and saying I think both dogs are going to win, but I, I think as we sit here on Tuesday, I think both these lines are too high and I would take the points and, Again, my prediction is both of these numbers are 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 at least a point lower the closer we get, unless the wet unless the weather deteriorates in Baltimore. We'll have to see. No, I I agree. I think um 
I just think the, the key for the Packers really is just not going down early. I think the only way they really don't cover is they have to battle back late and maybe they just have a drive where they battle down with CMC and get a late touchdown. I think the the Packers kind of not the not match up the best, but on the edges with the weapons that we have, I think we don't match up worse you can. And I, this game's going to be like a gadget playoff between the two coaches. So I think really this is a game where anything can happen. And if, if it's not really like a, a there's, there's way too much nuance in this matchup to not lay the points, I think. Like, I, I, there's so many different avenues that these coaches can go and different ways this game can go. Be, between the Packers, between Jordan Love can make plays, Aaron Jones can take game over by himself, Brock Purdy could be in for his eminent collapse. You don't know. Like, there's way too many factors in this game. I'm I'm air on the side of points. Go Packers, man. I'm with y'all now. I got cheese on my head today. I'm just – I got cheese on my head today. I'm just hoping that, you know – like we're not seeing one team that's dominant and, and, and talking about, you know, over unders one team that has to carry that, yeah. you know, you got 50 and a half in the Packers game that you would have to assume that you're going to get a shootout, you know, 28, 24, 31, 27, something like that. At least keep it interesting and, and have, you know, these teams that are obviously the heavy underdogs not get blown out early, but we've just shown the whole mood switch and the mood swing from what we saw out of the Houston Texans and the Packers putting up an insane amount of points against really, really good teams. I'm thinking like a, I'm thinking like a 27-20. Like, I don't know. Come down to the last drive, whatever happens, there happens type shit. And you put it. I just, I think the, the the one thing the Packers have done a good job of it is they they just they like Jordan Love is so good at protecting the ball. I mean, the guy mm-hmm. just doesn't the guy just doesn't turn the ball over. I mean, you you just look at their. You, know, you look at the scores from their games this year. Like they don't blow out a lot of teams, with the exception of uh, I guess Dallas in the wild card round. But they don't get blown out either. I mean, this is a team that has just played close games, really against everybody for 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 the majority of their year here. So like, like I know like San Fran has more blowout potential than probably any offense in the NFL right now. But I just I I believe in the Packers' ability to establish the run, keep this close, and Jordan Love to just not make mistakes and and and, and give away and give away possessions. And if and if that's the case, man, I just like, I, I think they can keep this within 10 for sure. And we head to our Sunday games. And the Detroit Lions kick this one off at 3 o'clock on Sunday. They host another playoff game. The city of Detroit's going crazy. And they're going to host the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, you got 6.5-point favorites, minus wow. 280 on the money line. You got them by a touchdown, which is a little crazy. But uh, I'm solely just gonna go emotional here and just root for like I did last week just rooting for the city of Detroit to keep this train moving keep Jared Goff moving seeing where he was you know getting his first win years back with 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 the Lions and now this complete switch that Dan Campbell and Jared Goff and this offense has been able to go through I gotta be rooting for Detroit here but if if we saw anything last night with the Buccaneers there is no counting them out and there's no, certainly no counting out Baker Mayfield on Sunday against the Lions. I'm going to take the Lions. I don't think they cover that seven, that six and a half there. Um, but I got to go with the Lions here. Uh, I agree. I I think, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to speak too confidently because again, what the fuck do I know? Um, <laughs> I think this has to be a comeback to earth spot for the Bucks. I think they get their absolute ass handed to them i think the lions could win this game by a lot i think i think of all the games that have blowout potential i'm surprised this spread isn't more and again i uh, will again we'll, we'll rewind the tape next tuesday to see if my uh my, my line movement predictions are uh <laughs> are, are on par here but i think this game i think this goes to a touchdown and maybe even over a touchdown like i i, I would very comfort comfort comfortably comfortably blah 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 i would lay the six and i would think i would lay i would probably play this up to seven i think the lions could dismantle the, the Bucks. I really do. I mean, the Bucks again, like I'm not giving them any credit for, for what they did to the Eagles. The Eagles, the Eagles stink. Like I'm, and I'm a Baker Mayfield guy. I, I love what he's been able to do this year. Like hats off to him, but this, this Lions team is a different animal, especially at home in the dome and Ford field. Like there's, there's nothing stopping them from, from scoring 35 points in this game. And I think their defense is going to put up way more of a fight than the Eagles defense did. I, I could see this being, being ugly, like 35, 10. No, yeah, this could get bad. I, I think the Lions win. I do think there's potential for Todd Bowles to get on some weird shit just because it's a Jared Goff-led offense. I think Jared Goff's played incredible. I don't say he's played bad at all. I'm just saying that factor's there. And he knows how to take away your run game and make your make your offense make plays in space. But this is a horrible matchup for that because you got guys like Amaran St. Brown, Jameson Williams, and Laporta. So, Jameer Gibbs, I think, is going to have a big game. I think the Lions win here. 
I think there's room for it to get weird, though, if Todd Bowles has one of those Todd Bowles mastermind games. I think this could be one of the more fun games, especially like if you don't see like Baker get nicked up or anything like that. This could be a this could be a fun one. I don't, I, I'm like nervous. It's one of them spreads where I see it. I'm just like, why? Like, because I'm seeing the other spreads and I'm like, all right, that's too much. That's too much. And when you said the spread, I'm kind of like, oh, like uh, it might get weird. But I think the Lions win. Yeah, you got to give them the credit. There. I think it, I think it might get weird. Though. I don't know. And we have one final game, and the last two teams remaining are Sunday game at 6.30 to close out the divisional round weekend. The Bills hosting the Kansas City Chiefs in what will be Patrick Mahomes' first road playoff game. Bills as two-and-a-half-point favorites in the frigid Orchard Park as minus 146 on the money line. Again, this is on Tuesday. I don't know how you don't give the edge to the Bills here. Stack and roster sizes here. Um, I, I even though I did say that I'm scared of the Chiefs, I almost gotta go with the Bills just because this is the moment for Josh Allen to prove everybody wrong. I am the AFC. It's not Patrick Mahomes. Let's get our revenge. It, it, it could not be more fitting any other way. You have not. You have been put in a perfect situation to shut the haters up that it's Patrick Mahomes and not Josh Allen. This is your moment. Will you step up to it? I say yes, Buffalo Bills win. Everything in me agrees with you. Everything. But Patrick Mahomes is a dog <laughs> in a playoff game? I don't know. God, I, I don't know, man. Like, dude, the eye test says Buffalo should win this game by a touchdown. I mean, I just think top to bottom, they're 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 the better team. They've they're they're coming in with more momentum. Like they're they're completely clicking. But dude, it's <laughs> It's Patrick Mahomes and Patrick Mahomes as a dog in the playoffs. It's like it's like against my religion to, to bet against him here. So this one, I think of the of the of the four games this weekend, I think this is the one that I feel like I have the least amount of feel for, the least amount of confidence in in sort of my lean. But I I I, I lean the Chiefs just because I, I'm never gonna I'm never gonna bet against Patrick Mahomes if you're gonna if you're gonna if you're gonna lay me points. I just I can't I can't I can't do it. Even though I think I think Buffalo top to bottom is better. I think they should win this game, but. Man, I mean, if, if if the Chiefs win this game, man, I mean, it just shows like what a freakazoid Patrick Mahomes is. Because you're right, of like this is the best opportunity Josh Allen and the Bills are ever going to get to to you know knock knock the Chiefs out, make make the Super Bowl run that that has been you know evading Josh Allen and just the the Bulls for the the Bills for you know the better part of the last twenty years here, but. Man, there's just something that's not sitting right with me at looking at a Mahomes, a Mahomes plus money line. It, it's it's it just it just doesn't it doesn't feel right. It doesn't it doesn't feel right. And look, even in that cold, frigid weather, I don't think Miami's defense is anything to get excited about. They were down a bunch of guys as well, but I mean, like they they ran the ball down their throat with ease and like without even looking all that good. They they dismantled they dismantled the Dolphins last week. So I, I think if the line stays as it is, I mean, I'm I'm taking the points and I'm taking the Chiefs. But I'm I'm not feeling all that great about it. I'm not. Uh, listen, this it, this matchup is super interesting for a lot of reasons, and I definitely 15 and 17 gonna have they battle. But I think the Chiefs defense matching up with this Bills offense is gonna be interesting to watch. Jerry Sneed and company were bullying Tyreek Hill at the line of scrimmage. Stephon Diggs ain't the most physically imposing wide receiver. Gabriel Davis hasn't had the best stretch at the end of the season. Like, it's been a lot of James Cook. Like. The Chiefs have shown you guys they can stop the run. Been a lot of Dalton Dal uh, Kincaid and Dawson Knox. The Chiefs have a set of two really good linebackers that can address for that. And I think this is going to be a really, really interesting lineup to see what the Bills can pull off on offense. And I think the Chiefs, like, listen, there was a point in that game, I think, in the Bills-Steelers game. Uh, I'm pretty sure the Bills were up by one score. They went for it on fourth and one. They, uh, the, they went for the touch push that Cam Hayward almost blew up. That was going to get tense if the Steelers got to stop there and turn it over. Steelers were able to run the ball a little bit on, on the Bills. I think the Chiefs will be able to get Pacheco going. Clyde's already there. Looked good last week as well. He looks like he's moving. <clears throat> like, I'm going to have to go Chiefs here. I think it's going to get real interesting, though. I, I just something about fading Pat Mahomes in a situation where his defense is really playing as strong as they are. And I don't think it's getting talked about as much as it should be at all. Like, that defense completely dominated Miami. I understand it was cold. But I think they have a chance to do the same thing with the Bills. I think you can you can completely funnel the Bills into a one-dimensional football game. It's not... And it, 
the the, the Bulls haven't like I want to keep saying the Bulls. I guess I'm still I'm still, still in Chicago. Chicago. Still in Chicago. Chicago <laughs> I was wearing this Bulls hockey jersey like all weekend. Like, dude, as good as the Bills have looked, and again, you look at what you know, like it's essentially the complete opposite of what the Eagles did. Like they lost to the Eagles and then absorbed all the Eagles' power and then went on the run of a lifetime while the Eagles just stopped winning football games. But like all their games are all their games are close. Again, they 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 barely beat the barely beat the Chiefs, albeit in our head 2017. They handled the Cowboys and then they barely beat the Chargers. They barely beat the Patriots. They were in a close game with the Dolphins up until the very end of week 18. And then there was some some legitimate worries again against against the Steelers. I mean, the Steelers were able to fight back that yeah, that 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 tush push for that was, was like play. a bad play. Like <laughs> yeah, you know, like Josh Allen like helicoptered on the top of the line. It was it was crazy looking here. I just I don't know if, if they have enough firepower to 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 blow to blow out the Chiefs. And if it's not a blowout and if it's going to be a mm-hmm. close game, I'm taking Patrick Mahomes in a close game. I'm just I'm just And if we want to go coach for coach, I mean, damn. <laughs> I'm taking Big Red over McDermott for real. For right. real. Like, McDermott, if things didn't go the way that they went in the season, McDermott could have been in that coaching pool with a lot of people. Shout out to him. He said, a, thousand, job. a thousand percent. <laughs> McDermott, McDermott was getting axed that they didn't make the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, we, we knew that was coming. <laughs> hey, Kenny, thanks for joining us for the recap of Super Wild Card Weekend. Good luck on your bets um, this this weekend, and, and stay warm. It's getting a little cold, snowy, icy out there. Stay warm. Loving the Mooney Gang shirt. We'll see you next week. Always a pleasure, boys. Talk next week. Hey, right, talk to you soon. CEO and founder of the Moonshot, Kenny McAndrus. Another fantastic week. Super Wildcard Weekend comes to a close. And we look ahead to the divisional round. And if you did watch this week, uh, I don't even know. Can we call that? Do we call that week numbers now? What is it? Week 19? Is that week That's 19? I'm calling the playoffs week 19. It's just well, like, I know, but just I just always ended round. it with like week 19 or wild week card. 18. But wild super Wildcard Weekend. Watch this on... on uh, Almost said Apple Podcast there. Watch us on YouTube. Drop a like, comment, and do not forget to hit that subscribe button. Our audio, loyal audio platform listeners, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You guys know what to do. Give us those ratings. They do help a long, long way. If you do want to connect with us on our social media platforms, our Twitter is at ADED Podcast. Our Instagram is at ADED Pod. And our TikTok is simply the name of the show. Almost hit the wrong button there, but we got the right music coming in. Super Wildcard Weekend has come to a close. The final eight teams in the NFL remain. Who will move on this week? You've been listening and watching to the All Day Everyday Show with All Day AJ and Manny Ruffin. We will see you for the recap of the divisional round.